Hello, and welcome to Stepping Forward Podcast with Sarah Susov and Rachel Rollinson. We discuss all things step parenting, including kids, divorce, co-parenting, court, custody, and more. Today, we are interviewing one of Rachel's two awesome sisters, Ember, about her step parenting experience. Ember has been a stepmom for 18 years, and she also just adopted her stepdaughters. And I think you guys are going to love hearing about what she has to say and the experiences that she shares. We also just want to give you a heads up that some of these interviews are done remotely, and sometimes the signal that comes through is a bit choppy or the internet just cuts out briefly, we will try to have people repeat when that happens and we'll cut out anything that's too choppy. But we did want to let you all know that that is why you may notice a difference in sound quality between uh, what you hear us do and what you hear the person being interviewed do. And, um, you know, not everyone can always come into the studio. People live in different areas to have very busy lives. When we can have somebody in studio, we will. And when we can't, it will be remote. And if you listen to her interview and you feel like you have something of value to add to this podcast, please reach out to us. You can email us at steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd really love to hear from you. We won't be able to put everyone on the show, but there are so many wonderful resources and wonderful people out there. And we would really like to hear from you. That's great. I love it. I think it's so much fun to interview people too. And then you, for me, I kind of feel like, oh my gosh, my step parenting situation isn't that bad. (laughs) There's people who definitely have a lot more going on than I do. So it's okay. (laughs) And that's one great thing about uh, different support groups is they can give you some perspective in addition to helping you know that you're not alone. So without further ado, we will go to the interview. Hi, everybody. We're here today with Ember. She's a stepmom of 18 years. Uh, She is in a unique situation that some of you will probably be able to relate to. Her stepchildren are now adults. Uh, However, her husband adopted her daughter from her first marriage when her daughter was still a child, and she recently adopted her stepdaughters as um, adults. So that's pretty cool. And then they have what we like to call a blender baby together. So they have five (laughs) girls total. That's a party. (laughs) Yeah, it is a party. So welcome, Ember. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to be here. Okay. Oh. We are excited to have you. Um, Rachel was telling me an interesting thing before we started recording that you and she have a really close relationship. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Rachel is my, she's my younger sister by a few years. <laughs> and um, I've always just really, really loved Rachel. She's She's been a really happy, joyful part of my life, my entire life. So, well, her entire life. So I guess I had to wait seven years for for her to come into it. But um, I really got to take care of her a lot. I held her a lot and loved on her a lot. And she's a really, she's a good person. And it's been really good to see, like, it's, she, she does these amazing things with her life and she's a great mom. It, and even when things are hard, she just keeps it together. And 
I'm really proud of her. She's a good, she's a good friend and she's a, an excellent person. So. That's awesome. I agree with you from the little that I've seen of her. So it's a good, <laughs> you guys are making me cry. Ember, <laughs> really um, you um, have unique experiences too in step parenting with the adult children and also adopting your stepchildren. Um, can you tell us a little bit yeah. more about your situation and how you became a step parent? Yes. Yeah, so when I was, um, I guess I'll just go back a little bit, I guess, to the beginning of my parenting. <laughs> so when I was um, 19, I had my my daughter with my ex-husband. Um, it was not a good situation at all. Mm-hmm. And it was hard on everyone, in, including my family. Um, but they remained supportive through the entire thing. And I was able to realize that I needed to give my my daughter in her life um, because of the support system I had. So um, I went and I, I divorced him and I had a couple of years to figure out who I was and what I needed. And then I met my husband, my husband that I met have been married to for the last 18 years. Um, he had only been divorced for, I guess, about 11 months and he had three children. Um, when I met him, his children were four, and uh, so the oldest had just turned four, and then he had a set of twins who were about twenty, about twenty months old. Wow. Um, my, yeah, and my daughter was, um, she turned three, just yeah, she was three, so she was right in between them. She was three when we met. So when we started dating, we were like, "This is a lot. We have four <laughs> kids between us. What are we gonna do?" Um, he had married, his ex-wife had been married before. So he had step-parented, um, for about four years because she had another child. And so then he was divorced and no longer had contact with that child. And it was difficult for him. Um, and it was difficult for him to want to get into a situation where he was going to be married to a woman who he didn't have, um, he didn't know how long, like if he was going to be married to me, he didn't know how long he'd have contact with my daughter. And he, it was hard for him to like, um, he could get invested, but, and it was scary for him. He was terrified. And honestly, I was scared, but I could see what a good man he was, how he cared for his children and they came first. And when they needed diapers without food and it was really, um, it was, it was, uh, he's amazing. So to me, it was really cool to go from having um, a spouse who really was not involved and didn't really care what happened to me or to my child, to our, our child at, at the time, um, to having a, a man around that really cared and, and was invested in his own children. And I could see that he had the ability to get invested in mine also, uh-huh. um, eventually the potential. Um, so that was, we dated for, for almost a year, um, it was a little over a year before we got in, engaged, and it took a while to meet the kids. But the things you guys have talked about in these episodes in your podcasts are really cool because <laughs> we did take to meet each other's kids, and we talked about divorce decrees, and we talked about expectations in the future, and things that we couldn't handle out of each other, and and I guess that, that was boundary setting, even though I didn't really realize it at the time. Um, Good job. So it was. <laughs> see, I've been listening to the podcast. They're awesome. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> see, she's a really so good was, big sister. 
So yeah, there was, it was a big, it was, um, it was a big thing to marry a man with three daughters at the time. He didn't have custody. Um, he, we got full custody of them when they were, the oldest was eight, his oldest was eight. And then the twins were six. He had adopted my daughter after we were married for a year. My ex-husband signed off his rights and let, let him adopt, let my husband, my husband now, his name is Jason. That's okay for people to know. <laughs> so he, Jason adopted her and that was um, one of the best days of my life. It was such a relief to know that if anything happened to me, that she would be in good hands. And um, we were all pretty excited. That was, that about was really, that. <laughs> yeah, that was really big. So once we got full custody, his ex-wife one day, she got fed up because her, there was a lot going on and she just called us up and said, you want them so bad? Come get them. So we did. Wow. And yeah, <laughs> not to minimize, I had, cause you guys had fought for them for a long time before that and made you went out of your yeah. way to make sure that you always got them for visitation, that they always were sent home with we clean had an extra. clothes and clean diapers yeah. and clean everything. And they were well fed when they got sent back to her. But yeah, yeah you guys, you, you fought, a long road before you before that randomly and unexpectedly yeah. happened <laughs> unexpectedly yeah because that was I mean it was four years later when we finally did get custody and when it happened I had my little blender baby was only almost three months old so I, I kind of went from having one kid uh-huh. full-time and three kids part-time that I had to juggle a lot with them but then all of a sudden I had a three month old and four older kids. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. I was like, I'd get up to nurse the baby and I'd swap the laundry and I dreamed about doing laundry. That's oh, like, man. all I did was make mac and cheese and do laundry. That's like Hashtag mom life. crazy life. It was crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, I mean, we had a, that four years was hard and it was rough. And I think you're right, Rachel. Sometimes I don't, I kind of, glaze over it because I'm like, Oh, I'm glad that's over with. And there's a lot of feelings there. A lot of, um, yeah. Yeah. Like I saw things happen to my kids that I could not understand how a woman who was gave birth to them and was supposed to protect them could do these things to them. And to this day, she still does stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, um, the girls, I, the adoption journey, it's interesting. Um, I had one of my daughters, come up to me one day when she was about 11 and she said, how come dad has adopted Cassidy, but you haven't adopted us. And I had tried like every time there was contact with his ex-wife, she was into drugs and she's like really in and out of jail and it's a little rough. And so it was really good. They weren't around for two months, but um, she yeah, she didn't want to sign off her rights, and we knew she's she's got a lot of ex-husbands, and so <laughs> if we kid, we kind of call we have this analogy. We always say she's like a snake; she's kind of like a cobra, and whatever she's focused on is the thing that's going to get bitten over and over again. And so, if you can get her focused on one of her other husbands and not have her pay attention to you, that's a good thing. And so, I mean, we have like the ex-husbands club where her all of her ex-husbands kind of like talk to each other to keep each other safe. And oh, wow. it's it's a hard situation because she's got a lot of she has six kids and she has custody of none of them, and mm-hmm. and she lot like she's just not 
she's yeah she's a hot mess so <laughs> that's putting it lightly and I'm glad you, yeah I'm like I'm glad you can edit things because I'm like oh anyway so <laughs> yeah you let me know what you want she's, edited out of it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I mean, anything that sounds crazy I guess like this so <laughs> but, but yeah <laughs> But I think, Ember, you're really relatable because in a lot of the stepmom groups that we're in, there are stories of things that happen. And you're like, there's no way that's true. But they're all true. And people yeah. act so unpredictably. Oh. So I think you're relatable. I don't think it's like yeah. crazy at all. I don't think we really need to edit any of it out. I think uh-huh. most of the step parents that listen to this will be like, oh, yeah, yep, that's, that's legit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard because, like, I kept. I've struggled with things a lot. Um, when my when my daughter asked me that, I had to sit them down and explain to them kind of the rules. Of, and my one daughter has struggled with the government being in charge of so much. She's yeah. like, it's like the Hunger Games. It's like they think <laughs> they can just tell you what to do. And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, well, yeah, some of this stuff is pretty rough. I mean, if a woman's not going to show up and she's not going to pay child support, she's not going to see her kids for 15 years, then why does she think she's still the mom? It's not... I mean, she hasn't been involved, so, but I I had to explain some of that to them that she wouldn't sign it off. And so I waited for all three of the kids to be 18. And then um, Utah actually just got online paperwork for adult adoptions. And so instead of scrambling through other states and trying to put stuff together, um, now you can do adult adoptions online. And they'll let, they let me do all three of the girls on one petition. It was an, it was like, I was scared going into the courthouse. There's cops everywhere and there's metal <laughs> detectors. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I've never been in trouble. You know, like, <laughs> right. why are there cops everywhere? And so, but they were very helpful at the, the court, really nice. And that's um, something that I think. People keep asking me, why did you adopt them? They're adults. And I was like, well, okay, there's a couple of reasons. It's because they're they're mine and I want my name on their birth certificate. And that's what happens is that I'll have my name on their birth certificate. And then also it terminates any legal connection that they have with her. And that's reassuring. And the biggest reason is that they wanted me to. That's and I wanted to. I want yes, I'm their mom, but now like I nobody can look at me and say, You're not their mom or you're the stepmom ever again. And you guys know how that feels. Yep. <laughs> years and years and years of being told that you matter less than anybody really. Yeah. What you want for them matters less than any anything. Mm-hmm. So like in in other people's eyes and so it's it's a struggle but it's kind of fun it's really cool it was a good good day we had a great judge and he was so so sweet to me and I was really super nervous but I didn't need to be and I was afraid I did the paperwork wrong and I didn't (laughs) and I was just really anxious about everything so it was was a really amazing experience good yeah and I yeah, and it's and it, it's not something. I mean, I I know all families are different. Step families do different things, and you come together differently, and you grow. It's like it's you just learn to grow together, and that's you, not everybody's journey is the same. But you can find little bits and pieces of other people's journeys that will help you along the way when when you can listen and research and and talk to people because 
support is really important. Definitely. But when I was dealing with a lot of the really hard stuff in the first four years before we got full custody, I talked to like my sisters on the phone for hours and hours and hours. And like Rachel would let me come to her house and bring the kids over and I'd cry. And like the, it's, it's hard on the immediate family. It's hard on, it's hard on everybody. And the more support you can get, the better. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Yeah, this this is amazing. The groups you guys are doing are incredible. Oh, so <laughs> I've seen such a shift in the last 10 years or 12 years since I got married to Chris that um, there wasn't really any support that I could find when I got married. And it was just kind of like if you were lucky enough to know yeah. other stepmoms, you could do that. How do you feel yeah. like that would have helped you? Oh, Man, <laughs> like 18 years ago, if I'd had somebody, um, like just knowing that I wasn't alone, that I, yeah. I was so young and I was really overwhelmed and I was trying to do what was best for my kids. And I think like that support, having people be like, it's okay to take a time out. It's okay to go in your room. You don't have to be like, you don't have to be in the middle of everything all the time, but um, also, you know, it's okay to step in and to discipline after a few years. It's okay to make sure you're hugging them enough. And maybe your stepkids, for me, my stepkids didn't get a lot of physical affection from their mother. And so when I was affectionate with them, physically affectionate, it was, well, affectionate period with them. They didn't get any affection from her. So then when I was affectionate with them, it was weird for them at first. And I think just getting reassurance that, yes, you should keep doing that, those types of things would be amazing to have that kind of support um and and I think it would help my family and some of my friends to not have to listen to me just cry (laughs) I never minded just Um, for the record (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing is like sometimes to you I mean you do start to feel like you're exhausting the people around you sometimes and I think strangers aren't as invested in it they don't Mm-hmm. I mean, but they understand it. So they understand it, but they're not like personally invested. So then sometimes they can listen to more without having to be upset, but that they can true. empathize without being traumatized. <laughs> so <laughs> I think there's a lot anyway. going on in your situation and going into it and kind of the whole um, getting remarried, learning how to trust somebody again, but you had the sense that yeah. he was a really good guy and that you could trust him. Um, what things worked really well for you and how you got together with him? Um, he was so like, in terms of how he treated me, like that, he was just so, he was so respectful. Like I, I, we were dating for three weeks before he even tried to kiss me and I kind of had to encourage him a little bit. And that was really new to me. I was usually, usually not very forward. And it was just, it was interesting. He's always been really respectful of my boundaries. And Uh even when I wasn't putting them in place, he was putting them in place for me and, and helping me understand it was okay. Like you can go to the bathroom bathroom and shut the door and she might cry outside the door but she's not gonna die before you come out you know like like oh you're probably right I can probably pee by myself (laughs) so there were just little things like that and then the way he cared for me the way he uh we went on a trip to Mexico right after we got married I went a trip off the radio and like our little 
yeah, it was like a little honeymoon, I guess. And I got sunburned so badly. I couldn't move. I had snorkeled, like I put on sunscreen, but I'm really fair skinned. And so I, I, it was my first time snorkeling and they couldn't get me out of the water because I'm not, I don't, I start having fun and I don't think too hard sometimes. <laughs> You're very motivated <laughs> <so> by fun. <laughs> I am, I am motivation, motivation with fun is my thing. So <laughs> I, uh, I got out of the, yeah, we got to back to the hotel and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And I slept that night and I was uncomfortable. And the next morning he was like, do you want to do anything? And I got out of bed and he looked at my back and he was like, oh, Amber, lay, lay back down. He's like, lay on, oh my gosh, lay on your stomach. Hang on. And he went and got ice and he like got ice buckets and all these towels from the maids. And he sat there for like five hours and got these towels wet and wrung them out and put them on me. And as soon as they were warm, he'd pull them off and he just pulled the heat out. And I think like just knowing that I had someone that loved me that much was really, you know, (laughs) it was really amazing, but I don't know if that's what you mean, but it worked. That was one of the things that I really knew from the way he took care of his kids like that. He took care of me like that. He took care of my daughter like that. And so the, there were, I mean, there were struggles. I'm don't get me wrong. We had our moments when we were after each other about disciplining each other's kids or like, I don't know. There's <laughs> just some we're stuff. Sometimes. Kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like it's, <laughs> it's a struggle. Some days you have to lock yourself in your room for a minute and take, take a little time out yourself before you deal with what they did unless you know if you can yeah it's hard when you when you've been divorced and you're kind of looking for a new relationship because you you're it's scary you know Mm -hmm. so that was something that my husband for sure went through I think Dan probably it's a big investment to make when you have a marriage that didn't work out well and I watched Ember's husband Jason go through it too and I was in high school when they were dating but um uh it was interesting because our family is very affectionate. We, we always hug. We always will give each other a kiss. We'll always, we always say, I love you before we go somewhere. And when we see someone and, um, I think for Jason, that was really overwhelming because his family was never like that. And then his ex-wife was outright abusive and so he right. never really had anything like that yet he is he really is such a good caretaker and then yes ember you're an excellent caretaker as well and i think you really get taken care of so i think it's really great that jason is able to provide that for you because you you're so good at providing it but i don't think you get it nearly as often as you give that yeah <laughs> yeah it's it was definitely really a I mean we had a lot of a lot of kids in our family growing up I mean not a five is plenty and if we were busy we were doing stuff and I have raised five kids and I know it's hard to get everybody's needs met all the time as far as being taken care of but it really I am I spend pretty much my whole life right now taking care of my kids and mm-hmm. I would not be anywhere else. I'm tired, but, um, Jason, like just now I'm, I'm, I'm super busy and I stopped 
<laughs> I was supposed to go eat and I wasn't eating. And I look up and Jason's over there pointing at his mouth and then <laughs> chewing me away to go get my food. <laughs> and that sometimes is like what you need. You need someone that's like, hey, you over there, take care of yourself before you pass out. <laughs> so. <laughs> so true. So true. And so, uh, Ember, you've had a happy bit of news, which is part of why you're so busy right now. Would you mind sharing that yeah. with the listeners? <laughs> so, one of my beautiful daughters just gave birth to twins. She had a boy and a girl, and they're beautiful. And they have, I mean, it's, it's amazing being a grandparent, is something I recommend highly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they are amazing little babies and my daughter is so strong um it's it's been a crazy week and I've been in the NICU (laughs) I don't know uh, since Monday (laughs) what is it Saturday (laughs) like like, I don't know what day it is anyway so yeah you're right it's Saturday (laughs) is it okay we're we're having a a good time like it's really amazing that twins are like twins are twins are tricky i thought they were tricky when i got them when they were 20 months old i this newborn stuff is it's amazing though it's hard but it's amazing so it's special about babies (laughs) yes yeah and to see like what a good little mom my daughter is like it makes me feel so good i actually am I am in therapy, which I think people should just go to therapy. Like when, if you can do it, go to therapy because, um, we support that. And there are a lot of resources out there that people don't know about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And find one you work with that works with you. Well, I have this therapist that he's really helping. Like I'm struggling with a couple of things right now and I can email him. I have my appointments, but like I just, sometimes I just need that little bit of reassurance. Hey, you know, how am I handling this? Or because things have been hard. I've been through a lot and I don't think I realized how much I had been through until I started going to therapy. And so until you started um, going to therapy, (laughs) that's yeah. 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 When I started going to therapy, I was like, holy cow, you know what? Like I started digging and I was like, there's a lot here. There's a lot of, Mm -hmm. I have, I have a lot of anger buried inside of me about, and resentments about some of the things I had to go through with my ex-husband and with my husband's ex-wife. Like I'm, I'm, and then there's fear. Like I'm a little bit scared about my and I think all stepmoms will understand this. There's that little bit of fear that you're putting your heart into a child that you may not be able to continue to have access to. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to bury your heart in a child that can be taken away. So, or that um, can choose to cut you out with uh-huh. no repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's and even it's, being encouraged by their other parents. Yeah. And so there's, yeah therapy has some really good, I mean, it'll give you good, good tools to work through some of that. I think Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that there are things I have been through in my life that were very, very difficult for me. Uh Um, And I've kind of been despairing a little bit this week, uh, trying to figure out why God would put me in position over and over again or who you know god hired whatever anybody's higher power is but why he would put me in a position where i have to relive things that were really painful for me um but with some help from you know 
sisters and my therapist and my sweet husband, I'm realizing that it puts me in this position where I can really empathize with my daughters Mm -hmm. and our connection is stronger than ever because I was able to adopt them. And um, so for them, I think even though they know that knew, I mean, for years that I love them and that I will do anything for them. I think that just kind of finally kind of just tied the bow on top and I can, we can kind of feel it, you know, it's very, Mm -hmm. it's been a very, very um, emotional and, amazing couple of months the last couple of months so it doesn't sound like you've had any of them going on in your life for sure with the adoption and the babies and all the fun stuff that's been happening yeah it's being a stepmom is like the most it's the most it's so rewarding in so many ways and it's such a big struggle but it's so worth it because you know even in the end even if you don't if you don't end up being able to have access to the kids for the rest of their lives, the time you did spend with them, you can model behaviors and help them in ways that maybe they won't ever have anyone else, you know, teach them those things. Mm -hmm. So I've seen that happen with stepmoms where they're there for a while and then they end up having to leave the situation and, and it's heartbreaking, but it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. A little bit like the people who do foster care and they choose to invest their hearts and their lives into children that they may not always be able to raise. And Mm -hmm. you love the kids because they're part of your husband. You see your spouse and you see parts of your spouse in those children and you can't help but love them. Mm -hmm. And, but it is, you know, sometimes it hurts. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. I wanted to ask you one more question because you talked about maybe not having as much access to the kids because you're a stepmom. And that's something that a lot right. of stepmoms face. Maybe they're um, in the situation. And I've seen a lot of stepmoms who are super responsible and who obviously love the kids and take care of things. Um, what right. is different for you now that there are adults that you've adopted them in terms of like access to them? And I mean, it doesn't mean rights because you're they're adults, but how does that look different for you? Well, the big thing I think is, um, well, there's a, like a little psychological part of it that, like I said, kind of put the bow, tied, it, tied things up and put the bow on top. Mm-hmm. But I also think that then they now have rights of inheritance from me instead of from her. And so where she, her legacy is um, a lot of debt and mm-hmm. identity theft mm-hmm. and fraud and things like that um Mm -hmm. they they don't have that burden that may someday chase them down if she dies or if you know it's no longer legally there's no link there so for them it was a big relief um the one interesting thing that happened was she i swear that the woman has like she senses a disturbance in the force or something (laughs) okay so we didn't tell her about the adoption at all. We don't have contact with her. Um, and so it was really weird because the very af- the day after the adoption was finalized, she used the girl's social security numbers to apply for credit cards in their names fraudulently. And so we had to, I again, stepmom 
learning curve is like, you, you know, you kind of spring into action and you're like, let's figure out, we got to figure out how to fix this because we kind of knew she might do it, but I wasn't quite sure how to handle it. So then I had to research and I'm up at night and I'm figuring out, okay, we call the credit bureaus. We put a freeze on their credit. We call a company that, cause we had them all set up. We had told them she has your social security numbers. This could happen. Uh-huh. Um, set up credit karma. When you turn 18, <laughs> let's do a loan, a small one. Let's get your credit built. We think you can get a car loan with your credit. So they all three have this amazing credit. But then they also have credit karma that they check any, they get notified if there's any checks, like inquiries on their credit. Mm-hmm. And I had, and so um, that that kind of helped have a little bit of guidance there. But we, we had to put a freeze on their credit and notify the credit card companies that those were fraudulent applications and to please revoke them and investigate them. Oh, cool. um, really frustrating situation for everyone it's like my I have two you know I have a couple of kids that are getting married and having babies and Mm -hmm. in the middle of all this we're dealing with credit card fraud so just what you wanted (laughs) yeah yeah it was was I was like no wait a minute I didn't I got what 24 hours of feeling good and then she right. <laughs> like she just knew she's like oh Ember's happy she's happy we better just figure out a way to mess up her, her day they do. I <laughs> so, swear they have a radar it's insane yeah uh-huh. oh yeah also, if, so, yeah. if Credit Karma would like to sponsor this episode, please contact <laughs> us at steppingforwardpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, because because we like them. They are helpful. <laughs> I use them too, actually. I think they're great. So. <laughs> and yeah. that was very smart I don't... to have your girls monitor their credit. Yes. I think there are many step-parents out there that... that uh, will probably like that bit of advice. It's smart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when we found out that she has, um, she got some credit fraudulently under her like 16 year old stepson's name. Oh, no. Like, I guess she pulled out like a huge, like $10,000 loan and didn't oh. pay on any of it. So his credit's ruined and he's not even 18. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, he's going to have to get a new social security number, which is a process all of its own. Yeah, I can imagine. So, oh, I just, my heart goes out to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, I mean, I know that it's, what's interesting, Kate, is my husband's ex-wife was married once before him and she was married to a police officer. Then she was married to my husband. So she had one kid with the police officer, she had three kids with my husband, and then she is wanders around and uh, apparently she's married again and has two more kids that she doesn't have custody of. But um, thank heaven. <laughs> the first husband, yeah, the first husband, all three of her ex husbands have remarried and have really good. Um, Oh yeah, there was another husband in there. It's hard to keep track with her. Uh-huh. So <laughs> she have kids with him. That's why you forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he super dodged, cool. He and it turns out he married co-parenting bullet. He dodged the bullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but he married uh, the woman he ended up married to is actually like our second or third cousin. Yeah, which we found out really we're related. <laughs> yeah. So they're really, they've been really helped. They really helped us a lot when we got custody of the kids. Mm-hmm. They were very concerned about the, their welfare, the, the two ex-husbands were. And, um, but it was, what was interesting to me is like her first husband, 
his his wife that he's currently married to, she's divorced and they have a very amicable relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was really like, here we are dealing with this woman who is literally like a cobra and we're all trying to dodge her. Mm -hmm. And then I see this other, other divorced couple that are just very like, very polite with each other, very considerate of each other. And I was like, wow, what? what is happening there? They were sweet with the kids. They went to events. They were just very cordial. And Uh it was, I was like, I can't even be in the same room. Like I can't even think about my husband's ex-wife without feeling um, a lot less than cordial. Uh (laughs) Right. And that's, it always kind of throws me for a loop when I see co-parenting relationships like that. Like I'm happy for them and I love it. But as we've said before, when you're dealing with someone with severe mental illness and who also is making consciously bad choices, it's, it's, it's not doable. It's not possible. Yeah. It's a struggle. Yeah. (laughs) But that's, that's one of the things I also, I'm going to say I like about your podcast is you bring up these different situations and the different um, configurations that can happen in step families. And it's, um, it's kind of eye opening and it's very, there's a, there's a word I'm sleep deprived. It's just educational. There's a better word for it, but it's, um, Oh, I just really appreciate it. (laughs) We're glad it's been helpful because that's why we started it. We feel like that access to other step parents and normalizing this and talking about some of the situations that can happen is just necessary. It helps people make better step parenting decisions and know that they're not alone too. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're hoping. Right. And that evil stepmother thing. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, I was going to say, we're hoping to, to bring in a lot more diversity in the future because we know Mm -hmm. there are many configurations we haven't even remotely touched on. Yeah. But yeah. What were you saying? Go ahead. I was, well, I think people should, who want to talk about their situation should talk to you guys. This is great. Like if if people hear this and they want to be interviewed, they should contact you because I think a lot of people out there have a lot of um, knowledge about how to handle situations and it, it could help connect people. And I think that's important. So there's your, and then <laughs> the other thing is the evil stepmother thing, it, the stigmatization of being a stepmom. It's rough. I mean, it's, it's been around for, like you say, generations, you read the papers on it and it's, uh-huh. it's crazy. But I think if we can kind of wrap our minds around being a little bit playful with it, maybe that can be fun because I don't know, my kids used to be like, you're so mean. They tell me that, and now it's a running joke in the family. But one time one of my daughters was like, you're so mean. You're the meanest person I've ever known. I hate you. And I'm like, well, I am a stepmother. I'm supposed to be evil. <laughs> and everybody started laughing it was like it broke all of the tension in the room and so now it's a joke it's like a running joke in our family like Mm -hmm. I'll do something that somebody doesn't like and they're like there she goes being an evil stepmother again and I'm like (laughs) and even like my biological children will say that when I mean to them like like, I'm sorry that I'm setting boundaries with you and I want to keep you safe and they're like it's okay you're an evil stepmom it's your job (laughs) I like that you guys have taken that and twisted it to fit your situation. I do too. We all do it. You got to be a parent and it's good. Yeah. And it's good to have a sense of humor about stuff. And I think that's one thing I've always loved about your household 
Ember and being there is that there yeah. are so many good senses of humor <laughs> in that house. <laughs> yeah. See, and that was that is something about my husband that really drew me to him was his sense of humor. I really I love to laugh and that man can make me laugh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he makes me laugh like nobody's ever made me laugh and he encourages that sense of playfulness in our family and it's hard in a family with so much going on and so many negative things that kind of pop up here and there it's essential to have mm-hmm. some kind of outlet and in our household it is humor so yeah, that's good it's a healthy one <laughs> it is yeah and you have to be yeah. able to laugh about stuff because I always say, I'm like, well, yeah. I'm either going to laugh or I'm going to cry about this, or I could do both. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. that happens a lot too. But yeah. we like the laughing as well. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times I'll laugh in front of the kids. And then sometimes at night I cry in front of my husband. Yes. And that's just kind of, you know. <laughs> that's how it is. But it's, <laughs> it's so I true. We, I think people relate to that <laughs> my, happened to my husband last night I came in the room and I was just crying and I he was asleep and I'm trying to like be quietly cry as I crawl into bed it didn't work he comes like he comes crawling over what's going on yeah. <laughs> like oh, like I'm exhausted yes. those babies are perfect I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life oh. <laughs> they are they're so beautiful I can't wait to meet them <laughs> oh, they, I, I can't wait for you to meet them either. You're, yeah. <laughs> well, and then Amber, I also want want to point out that you've been one of my role models for being a stepmom because you have been such a good example of loving those kids, and they went through a lot. I remember when you guys would first get them for the weekends, and and when you first got custody. I remember staying over and they would just wake up screaming bloody murder. Like they were terrified and you Mm -hmm. have always, you and your husband have always made them feel so safe and so loved. And I think that you being able to adopt them really does just solidify that feeling of security for all of you that, you know, all those years of comforting them, all those years of being there for them, have really paid off. Um, and even if you weren't here to see the, you know, the end results, not that it's the end because this will keep going, but even if you weren't able to see that, you still would have had that impact on them. And, um, Mm. I think for them, I can only imagine how comforting it must be to finally know like, Hey, this person that has always been there for me since she has known me, is officially there for me on paper (laughs) yeah it's pretty been it's pretty amazing I I recommend doing it if you can I mean if your adult stepchild wants you to adopt them it may seem intimidating at first but I mean if anybody ever wants help I can kind of point them in the right direction but it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's I recommend it it's like being grandparent I recommend it (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of being a grandparent, since you're the only one that can get your granddaughter to eat appropriately, do you need us to let you go? (laughs) Well, let me look here. Yeah, we're we're probably getting ready for a feed. I have about five minutes left, but yeah. Okay, sounds good. Rachel, I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank, I was going to say, thank you, Rachel, for for all those kind things you said. I'm over here. I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to (laughs) cry. But 
<laughs> watching you be a stepmom and a mom and just love those girls has been really a good thing for, for me too. It's kind of amazing. So not wow. kind of, it is just amazing. It's just plain amazing. <laughs> I've had awesome stepmom examples in my sisters. So. <laughs> well, it's, sometimes it's hard, but it's so worth it. So, it is. Yeah, it is. and I, I like, I was going to say like uh, one more thing and you can put it in wherever you want, but Rachel, I mean, when I, when we did get custody of the kids, we did take them to therapy for um, quite a while. Like mm-hmm. it was at least six months. I took them to therapy. Um, they, they said that the girls were, they were going to do well because they had that consistent relationship with their dad. And that's, that's really good. But I, again, I want to plug in there that therapy is, sometimes it's just really necessary. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it helps kids work through things with people who aren't going to get upset with what they say. Yeah. And a, a parent and a step parent and someone who's emotionally involved, you find out your child was abused or that something horrible happened to him. And it's hard to control that reaction. And kids mm-hmm. are really sensitive. So if they're in a safe place with a therapist that can help them work through those things, um, and help the family in general work through some of those things. It's, I, I think that's probably one of the safest ways and um, for for kids to work through traumas and, you know, maybe neglect or abandonment. So right, yeah, yeah, or even just the therapy. separation of their parents that mm-hmm. can be traumatic for children. You know, so um, for them to have a safe place where they don't have to worry about, like you said, triggering a parent in any way, shape or form, yeah. even if it's short term, it really can make a huge difference for children. Yes, I would agree with that. I think Sarah would too, because she works with kids a lot, right? Yeah, I'm a school <laughs> psychologist. They get to do therapy all the time. It's great. <laughs> I highly endorse yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, I, I can't even say enough about the therapy I've been doing and the work that my therapist makes me do is hard, but mm-hmm. it's, improving my entire family because awesome. I'm starting, yeah, I'm starting to realize the, the amount of influence I have uh-huh. <laughs> and it's a little overwhelming, yeah. but it's really kind of cool. Yeah. If I can do things right, I can really help change a generation. And so it's, it's important stuff. I love hearing gonna that keep too. Doing. Thank you. My oldest stepdaughter is 18 and sometimes I feel like, well, just got to let her learn her lessons now. But I love hearing that you still are yeah. influencing your daughter's lives and that there's still a lot you can do to help them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're older. They're 20. They're, you know, 23, 22, 21. They're getting married. They're having babies, but they're, we're still just as close as ever, even though they're moving away. So. <laughs> Some of them. I know they do that. <laughs> I always got rude. trouble it's when so I did it. Did it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see? I'm all Rachel did it. I tell on her. I, her. <laughs> I missed her. She's thinking she can go, like, get a graduate degree or something. Yeah. Rude. All the way across the country. <laughs> all the way across the country. <laughs> yeah, there are schools here. <laughs> well, I know that now. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love talking to you guys. This is great. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amber. This was really fun. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our interview with Amber today. We hope you found something of value that you can take away from this episode. 
And as always, please interact with us, engage on social media. If you want to share your experience, you can email us at steppingforwardpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Step Forward Show. And Facebook, we have a group and a page, Stepping Forward Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And in the meantime, keep on stepping.